Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into another outdoor show. And let me ask you something. Have you seen the wolf moon this morning? If you have not, stop whatever you're doing. Step outside. Take a look. Uh, depending on where you are, it should be in the southwest sky, and it is a gorgeous, big, bright, full wolf moon. Why is it called a wolf moon? Uh, something about this is the time of year where wolves howl the most at the moon, but I'm not real sure about that. Anyway, the wolf moon is uh, right above St. Hubert's Cathedral, uh, shedding a lot of daylight on us already. Well, you got some time to get some hunting in. Uh, well, we're kind of at the end of the duck season. There's some youth and veterans-only seasons. The East Zone wraps up this weekend. So if you haven't had a chance to get out there, this might be the weekend to do it. And we've also had two big outdoor-related stories making national news this week. One involving a mysterious shooting of two duck hunters in Real Foot Lake. It's a very popular hunting area up in Tennessee. Uh, Two hunters were shot point blank by another man who is missing, and there's one witness to tell the story. We'll talk more about that. The other big story, the conviction and the sentencing of one of the most egregious bad boys cases I've ever presented in the 31-year history of this show. Thought you might want to get a look at him, so I got his pick on both my website which is DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, or you can go to my Facebook page, and we'll talk more about both of those stories coming up. Also, there's a new saltwater bank fishing public pier opened up yesterday. I think it was one of the best-kept secrets in Plaquemines Parish. Will it be a secret no more because we'll tell you where it is and what you can do there coming up. Also, we have our regular field reporters. They'll be passing along the latest fishing and hunting information. we got a special guest, our award-winning Bayou Wild television producer, Chris LeCock, as uh, this next week we'll be releasing season number six of Bayou All TV. And Chris is going to give us a sneak preview of some of the episodes that he and myself and Martha Spencer have been working on all fall and winter long. And look at this. Whoever get the outdoor events, they're starting to reappear on our events calendar, which was pretty much decimated in 2020 with the pandemic. And they're not all coming back, but some will be returning, although it might be a little bit of a different format. So we'll give you some of those and maybe get you involved in sticking into the outdoors. Don't forget your text messages. We love to hear from you. Share your questions, your comments, your reports on hunting and fishing, what you did, who you are, what you got going on. We'd love to hear from you. You send them in real time to the studio at 504-260-1870. If you're stepping outside under that wolf moon this morning, here's what you're looking at. Offshore, pretty breezy. Southeast wind, 15 to 20 knots, 3 to 5 feet offshore. That's a shame because there's some nice wahoo out there in the Gulf. 
Uh, for inside waters, those southeast 10 to 15 knot winds will create a light chop. Tomorrow, you got about a 40% shot of some rain early in the morning, then a westerly shift in the wind, 15 to 20 offshore, probably six-foot seas. Northwest wind on the inside, 10 to 15, and choppy, and with a one-and-a-half-foot average tide range, uh, you may be looking for water tomorrow. Not going to be a problem, I don't think, today. Mississippi River. 4.4 bottom falling out and continues to go that's pretty good news too all right stage is set we got two hours i just told you about all the stuff we're going to be talking about with you so stay tuned keep your dial right where it is and we'll be back right after this we're going to take a little trip to st bernard parish talk to robbie campo get a fishing report for you on st bernard area right after this time out where you're listening to the outdoors with don dubuque radio network thank you for giving my voice back too And let's talk to Robbie Campo. He is at Campo's Marina in Shell Beach. And, uh, Robbie, uh, water probably is not going to be a problem uh, today because we got some east in that wind. It's pretty stiff, probably pushing it in. But it uh, looks like tomorrow it's going to shift around to the west and with a big tide range. It uh, looks like that uh, that small bank canal may have some problems later in the week. Uh, yeah, Don. You know, uh, we, we have been experiencing some low tide this past week here. Uh, but not today. Today we got a, you know, tides coming in this morning. Um, I tell you, Don, um, you know, fishing hasn't been all that bad. Uh, I, you know, not having many people fishing, they, they, they've been catching, you know, most of the people have been going around here around Lena Lagoon and, you know, and running up in the channel here and fishing bass. I tell you, bass has really saved this place for, uh, for you know, having something to catch. Um, uh, most of my guides that I have fish, that did fish this past week, you know, well, they've been running out to the long rocks out there and going, uh, catching, catching sheephead and bull reds, you know, taking their customers out there to go do that. Um, but, uh, you know, fishing has been, it's been tough, but you know, Don, it, you just don't have many people fishing this time of year. I got, you know, my last custom, you know, my customers are trying to get that last part of deer season in up in Alabama. Um, it, you know, it's just, I think it'll start picking up, you know, after February when deer season's all closed and, you know, let's get some, get some bodies back out on the water and go and see what's going on, you know. Um, but for the most part, you know, uh, if you're looking for a live bait this morning, um, make some phone calls. I think the only place that has any live shrimp at all this morning is Bait Incorporated. Um, I, maybe Sweetwater might have some, but most of your marinas are, are out. Um, uh, I don't have any. All we, we're working on dead frozen shrimp right now. That's that's all we have. Uh, I tell you, Don, it looked like when I had that last big cold front, it took the shrimp out with them. They <laughs> with it. So uh, shrimp's been really hard to get. Um, but I, I, I was told David Dixon has a couple thousand on hand. But that's going to be the early bird gets the worm, and then you know you're going to be on. You're going to be fishing dead bait anyway. But uh, I tell you, but. The guys that's been fishing the uh, bass around here have been using the plastics, um, you know, whatever whatever plastic, you know, spinner baits or whatever you like to use to catch bass with, they've been biting. Um, and they've been doing pretty well with them, you know. Uh, now, if you want to go, there's, you know, after you catch your bass, there's a lot of freshwater catfish around here. Um, look, I've never fished freshwater catfish, but I'm told it's not it's not hard to get. You go put a dead shrimp, it's kind of just like fishing sheephead. You put a dead shrimp on a hook and send it on the bottom. A lot of these uh, deep holes, 
and up in Marlow and uh, and Gallego, Marlow, Sioux. They, they're all full of catfish. they got plenty of catfish in them. <clears throat> um, if you could get to the rigs in the lake, which I think you might, you might be able to do it uh, right this morning, the, the, the rigs in the lake off of Point of Machete, they've been holding a lot of big, big catfish around them. If you wanted to go try that, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of big old uh, blue cats around there. I'm talking like 25, 30 pounders. I'm talking some big ones. Um, uh, like I said, but if you wanted to go catch sheephead, that's easy to do. You can run down the Long Rocks down there. And or anywhere behind Stump Lagoon, that, that, uh, something with an oyster shell bottom on it, like Leroy's Pass or Max Pass, you know, something with some deeper water, you know, with an oyster shell bottom. It's, it's been it's been full of uh it's been you know full of uh, sheephead back there. So I mean, you have options. So if you, today is your day to fish, look, hook the left, come on down and see us, and we'll get you in the water and get you going. You know, Rob, the uh, February has always been historically the slowest month, you know, because, uh, you know, low tides, cold weather, uh, not a lot of live bait in the water. But with this advent of bass and catfish in there, I'll tell you what, it's going to save the month of February because let me tell you, you keep 10 bass, I mean, 10 bass or five redfish, and that's a sweet-tasting fish. And as far as those catfish, you know, don't be afraid to catch those big ones because what I'm told you can do with those is once you cut the meat out and you skin them down, you take that meat and freeze it, freeze it solid. And then if you got a, a meat cutter, like the, you know, like they use in the stores to slice roast beef, a meat slicer, <laughs> you slice that catfish real thin. And that's where the slit thin fried catfish comes. It doesn't come from thin catfish. It comes from big catfish, <laughs> but it's sliced thin. And by freezing it, it gives it that hard texture so it stays firm while you cut it and it doesn't split all up and turn to mush. So there you go, man. There's nothing wrong with catfish, fried catfish, let me tell you. No, 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 you're right, Don. And look. And, you know, since the spillway opens, and, you know, I thought, Don, after this hurricane season, you know, with all these high tides we had and all the hurricanes that came through, I said, man, it's got it's going to ruin the bass fishing around here. But it hasn't. And I thought for the same thing for, you know, freshwater catfish, but it, it hasn't. I mean, they, and they got plenty of them around here. So, look, you know, when when God gives you lemons, you make lemonade, and that's how you do it this time. <laughs> you just go catch them. You know all the, all those customers <laughs> you got that catch all the <clears throat> Robbie. All those customers you got that catch hardheads, nothing but hardheads, and they, they're zeros. They're heroes now. You catch the freshwater catfish the same way, and you got something to brag about. So send them out there and get them. That's right, absolutely. So like I said, hook the left, come on down and see us, and we'll be waiting on you, and we'll get you going. Sounds good, Robbie. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, don't forget, remind All people right. about February 13th, couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Saturday, going to have that exactly uh, Bayou cleanup. That's exactly correct. Yeah. So, and, and the wheels are in, are in motion for that, Don. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be February 13th here at Campos. We've got the dumpsters. We're going to have uh, – I'm told we're going to have ball crawfish, um, some other stuff to eat. Uh, we got – you know, it's just going to be a – it's going to be a big day. We've got a lot of people calling already that's, that's willing to come help and – uh, we need we need volunteers. We need bodies. We need people with hip boots that want you know waiters that want to go walk and pick up this stuff. Uh, you know, get the kids out the house for a day. Get them off the get them off the Xbox and the Playstations and bring them out here and make them do something. <laughs> so we can save That's this right. Well, so, 
Wear, wear some old clothes, some boots, and some gloves, and get out there. Even if you don't want to get in a boat or have a boat, you, they need help at the dock unloading that stuff, you know, putting it on the in the dumpsters and everything. So you can help yep. the cause there. It's a good good effort, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Don, we'll talk to you next Saturday. Hope we got a yes, bigger sir. report Thank for you. you. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you. Robbie Campo, he's at the Campos Marina in Shell Beach. All right, coming back after this, we've got some more fishing reports, got some text messages coming in. You can get that to us at 504-260-1870. We're back right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Part of this outdoor program is our text message board. You send us your text with your reports, your comments, your questions, and we'd love to hear from you. we got the backstrap stacker checking in from Alabama. Still chasing the whitetail this weekend. Good news is they're still rutting and chasing over here. Going to slip in late this morning due to the full moon. Good idea. I'm stay on your stand all day. They move midday doing those full moons with my experience. And, uh, yeah, Alabama's got a late rut. Alabama's in their prime time, really, and maybe even starting to – Fall off just a little bit. All right, here's one that says, Don, I have three words for you in February. Sock a lay. <laughs> yeah, those are three French words, meaning sack of milk. And that is a reference to the very white uh, flesh of a white crappie or white perch or sock And, yeah, February is a good time to get after them. Once that water temperature warms up just a little bit, uh, they're great to catch. All right, we have uh, Hope the Irish Whiskey help with your voice. We're in the shop this morning, but we love your show and listen every time you're on. That's from the Irish Coonass. I tried all of those suggestions. I'm not sure which one worked, but I do have some voice back. Uh, question, is the Slidell Fishing Pier open? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, it did sustain some damage from some of the storms, but when it reopens, it's planned to reopen in March, and I believe that it will be open March through October on a regular basis. Uh, during the winter months, it will be closed, and that's a very nice place. And speaking of fishing piers, uh, they have construction is complete at the Port Sulphur Civic Drive Fishing Pier in Plaquemines Parish. Uh, they actually had a ribbon cutting yesterday. It's got a little boat launch right next to it. It's just before you get to St. Patrick's Church on Highway 23. It's behind the school and you, you drive over the levee there. I got a picture of it on my Facebook page. It's a very nice facility. It's got lights, got a little uh, covered deck, and uh, easy ramp to get up and down. And it's in a pretty good area where you could catch some saltwater fish. So check it out. It's the Packermans Parish new free fishing pier. Doesn't cost you a thing. Give you some access for all you bank fishermen that are always looking for places to go. All right, here's another text. Uh, morning, Don. The men folk are off on their yearly last of the season. Let's kill something and eat it together. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting trip. But poor me, I'm off to Covington with absolutely beautiful red tomatoes. That's from Ann, the tomato lady. She said something's wrong with his picture. I'll tell you next week what they ate. I can't wait. Please let us know, Ann. And then we have Justin, who monitors the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. He was watching Bayou Wild TV this week. Dixie Ranch was featured. He saw a sign that said, many have eaten here, few have died. He laughed for five minutes. Yeah, I know that sign well, but let me tell you, they got some excellent cooks at Dixie Ranch. And speaking of cooking and wild game, I want to congratulate an organization in Louisiana, Hunters for the Hungry. I got to tell you, Julie Grunwald has done an outstanding job as the director in the short time she has taken over, and they have won yet another honor. They have been declared the champions of Louisiana through the Louisiana Loyal Program. 
Uh, due to the generosity of Louisiana sportsmen and their corporate and individual sponsors, they are now on the list of champions contributing to the state's economy and the supporting health and wellness, safety, education, and other initiatives to contribute to Louisiana's positive transformation. Uh, that is certainly something that the hunters can be proud of. Uh, that is a wonderful program uh, pr- providing a really sorely needed protein uh, for the needy. All right, I want to get around to this story of the, the mysterious shooting up at Real Foot Lake. If you're not familiar with it, Real Foot Lake has been a very popular waterfowl hunting area in Tennessee for a number of years. Well, there's one survivor of this incident. His name is uh, Jeff Crabtree. He says he and two other men uh, went to uh, hunt there, and a, a fellow, an older man, 70-year-old David Vowell, pulled up and asked if he could hunt in the blind with them. This was about 9 o'clock. They'd been there since 6. They said yes. Uh, as Vowell was getting out of his boat, he loaded his gun, and he shot two of the young men in there, Zach Grooms and Chance Black. One shot in the chest, one shot in the side. Crabtree says he wrestled the gun away from the man, threw the gun in the water, and knocked the man out of the boat he was in. He then took off for shore to get help, and when he last saw Vowell, he was standing in waist-deep water. Uh, as of the last reports, Vowell uh, is still being looked for. They're not sure where he is or what happened to him. A very strange, unusual case, and uh, all I can say is there's a lot of theories about what happened. Uh, the, the, the survivor says there was no argument over the blind or shooting too close or any of that. But we've only got one version, and there was a movie made called Dead Men Tell No Tales. So unless Vowell shows up alive with the other side of the story, it looks like Crabtree's uh, story is going to stand unless uh, the investigation shows something different. Very strange case. All right, we've got another case that made national news, and I'll tell you about that. It's our bad boy of the week. Uh, check him out. He's on my Facebook page. Got a picture of him. He's got his little orange jumpsuit on, which I think he's going to be wearing for a while. Anyway, that's coming up later on. We've got more fishing reports, your text messages, and i got some events I'll be telling you about. We come back right after this three-minute pause. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio those of you uh, tuned in last week may recall that uh, Kathy Glasgow from uh, Mississippi sent us a, an audio tape of a sound that she suspected could have been a Bigfoot, and that occurred in Mississippi. Well, this week it was announced that uh, in Arkansas uh, they're suggesting that they start a Bigfoot hunting season. You might want to check that out if you're interested in bad. I wonder if you got to get tags and a special permit and all that kind of stuff to hunt Bigfoot. We also got a report, thanks to our producer, Doug Christian, that uh, in City Park of New Orleans, they have located some zombie raccoons that are acting very strange. I think actually what that is, is it's called distemper. It's a disease that uh, raccoons can contract, and also they can pass it along to dogs. So if you happen to be walking your dog anywhere around there and you see a daytime raccoon, steer clear. Chances are there's something wrong with them. They're mostly active at night. All right, we've got a bass cash bash to tell you about. In case you missed it last week, it's ongoing as we speak. And also gunning for a cure. We're starting to get some outdoor calendar items, people ready to get back out and enjoy some of those outdoor events. So many of them were canceled last year. Well, we got a 
Pretty good stock of them coming up on our calendar. We'll share those with you and also get to some more of your text messages right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Last week, uh, we talked to a fellow by the name of P.D. Vincent. Uh, He is the director of an event called Bass Cash Bash. And what they have done is they have tagged bass that are valued at over $2 million total. And they have put them in lakes in Texas, Louisiana, and Alabama. And if you happen to catch one of these tagged fish and you are pre-registered, you could win cash prizes, you could win a boat, you could win a truck. And you can find details. If you want to just go to my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, and you'll see the Bass Cash Bash. Click that on. It'll take you there. got all the details because those fish are, uh, it's actually beginning. It has begun in Texas already. But there's plenty of time because it doesn't start uh, in the Louisiana Delta area. In fact, it starts this week. So it's just beginning, but it'll go on all the way through May 31st. Some of the lakes go to the 4th of July, which includes Toledo Bend and Caddo in Louisiana. Uh, 4th of July, Lake Gunnersville, Alabama. So wherever you fish, if you fish any of these areas, as they say, don't be the guy who misses out. All right, we also have an event coming up. I've been to this for the last few years, um, and it's called Gunning for a Cure. And it is an effort to raise funds for prostate cancer at the Tulane Cancer Center. And I'll tell you, it's just a really fun event. It's at Stella Plantation, which is a great backdrop. It's uh, Stella Plantation is located uh, down the river in Plaquemines Parish on the East Bank side. Uh, you go down below uh, Braithwaite, and it's right there along the river road. And what happens is teams come out there, usually four-man teams, and they have a great breakfast, and they have a little safety talk, and then everyone goes out for a sporting clays round. And we've been putting a team out there each year. Uh, This year we will be putting the Cajun Fishing Adventures harem team out there with Coach Ryan Lambert. We've got Laney Wick. We've got, uh, uh, of course, Sarah Giles and uh, Ashley Marshall and Janice Lamont. They'll be members of our shooting team. And there's going to be raffles, auction. I'm talking about every kind of food you can imagine and drink. It's a great time. And if you want to get your team sponsored, uh, there's still time to do that. Go to gunningforacure.org, and you'll see all the information there. The date, again, is February 27th. Even if you don't want to shoot, if you just want to come out and party and hang out and maybe participate in the, the BB guns for the kids, and they've got those bouncy houses for them and to, to do and raffles and auction you can also get just a a meal ticket and come on out and take part in the fun anyway we're going to be out there february 27th that's the last sunday and a saturday in february all right we also uh let's see what else have i got i had some more events to tell you about one thing coming up a little bit later on the show we're going to talk to chris lecoq chris is our producer of bayou wild television and we have been working on season six and uh, it's getting ready to kick off uh, next week, and he's going to tell you about some of the episodes. We've got new cooking features. We've got new hunting features, features uh, highlighting some of the, the people and places and culture of our state and also some trips out of state, too. So lots to talk about with Chris. He'll be coming on after the top of the hour. And then this guy that's on my Facebook page, you you got to check him out. I mean, you know, 31 years doing this show, I've had a lot of bad boys come and go, some of them with some very serious offenses. But I, I just got to tell you that uh, 
this guy, this particular guy, is uh, one of the, the the most egregious criminals. How He's 28 years old, and how he got all this done before he was stopped, I don't know. But anyway, take a look at him, and uh, we'll tell you his story coming up a little bit later on. It's our Bad Boys of the Outdoors feature. It's one of the favorite features on the show. All right, right after this timeout, we're going to come back and see if we can get a hold of Captain Kirk Stance or get a report out there in the southwest part of the state. He's at uh, Hackberry Rod and Gun over on Big Lake area. Find out how that winter fishing's going. Maybe get him to give us a little wrap-up on uh, how duck season was in his area. Back with that right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Start out, Star Trek. We've got our own Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk Stancil, Hackberry Rod and Gun, keeps us up to date on what's going on in the Big Lake Calcasieu area. Captain Kirk, good morning, sir. How are you doing underneath this big wolf moon tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Doing real good. Uh, kind of resting up after duck season's over with. We got the marshes all cleaned out and uh, just, you know, taking it easy for a little bit. Actually, well, uh, Monday. We get started putting the lodge fully back together. You know, we just pieced it back together after the hurricanes to do business. And now we're going to get it all the way fixed up. Yeah, I got some time to do that. Well, before we talk about some winter fishing, I just kind of recap the, the waterfowl season for us. You know, the early start seemed real good, and I think there was a loss. A lot of people reported they had uh, uh, some birds dropped in on that last weekend. How did it go for you? Uh, overall, it was the, the the last day was good that Sunday, uh, but it been it had been slow for a little while. Now there was a we had a couple blinds that just stayed good right on. I'm, I mean, stayed real good right on to the end limits every, just about every day. But the rest of the marsh, we had some blinds that uh, you know, especially the big marsh down there, Johnson Bayou, where you and I hunted. Uh, the uh-huh. hurricanes wiped all the, the hurricanes wiped all the seed out of that marsh. And uh, it, it was tough mm-hmm. down there. But, uh, you know, we were down, oh, probably 15, 1,600 birds from the year before. And, uh, yeah. you know, and plus, we, you know, we were down business too, Don. We were down 158 duck blinds, which is about a thir- wow. 30% off, you know, from bookings. And it, it's COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that uh, – I guess if you look in terms of the effort and then the number of birds you were short, it probably was as, as probably as, as average as it was the season before. You just didn't have the number of people out there hunting. Well, that well, I ran the averages. Uh, the, the first split we averaged right at five birds per person a day. The second split we averaged mm-hmm. uh, about three point four birds per person per day. So it dropped off, mm-hmm. you know, quite a bit. But uh, I mean, we had some days, some blinds. I mean, just didn't fire a shot. And, you know, especially down in that uh, that South Marsh, which that's a prime marsh down there. Always has been. It just got uh, whacked pretty hard by the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some winter fishing. What's going on this this month coming up in February? Well, I've I've, I've been. I've, in fact, I went yesterday by myself and caught a limit of flounder. Went Monday, and uh, three of us had full limits of flounder. Uh, there's been some trout being caught, uh, throwing. Uh, suspending baits like miradines, uh those have been real, real good. Uh, and of course, they're redfish. Redfish are in deeper holes right now. Because uh, you know the marshes are just are drained right now with all these low tides we've been having, and with the water temperature low, these redfish are stacked up in holes. 
But the redfish are small. They're uh, anywhere from 16 to 20 inches. You know, not, not a real big redfish. That flounder sounds really good. You know, that's coincidental because they're taking up an issue at this week's Wildlife and Fisheries Commission about maybe taking some action on reducing limits or harvest on flounders. They're going to give a report on it. I'm not sure what it's going to show, but a lot of people have been saying flounders have been real scarce lately. But according to what you found this week, you could you could well, certainly it, it, argue that. Yeah, I mean, we we uh we have some real good flounder fishing. It's, uh, of course, it's... It's on the edge of a deep hole where we're catching them. Uh, back in a bayou, there's a flat that comes up, and when when the tide's just right, they're stacked up there. But uh, you know, the the issue we have, Don, with flounder over here is the commercial harvest of them. They, you know, mm-hmm. they can commercially harvest them as a bycatch. Well, they're taking these butterfly nets and just modifying them, you know, putting bigger webbing on it and targeting flounder and and just saying they're shrimping. And I mean, catching thousands of pounds of, of flounder. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you, that, could, you know, that, that's not that's not new news for this area. I mean, that's been going on a while, and yeah. wildlife fishery knows about it. Well, I'm sure that'll come up as as part of the remedy to maybe you know limit the catch on it or the times when it's allowed or something. But uh, you know, anytime you put a dollar figure on something by the pound, there's a chance that it could face uh, over harvest for sure. It's tough Absolutely. to do it recreationally to overfish anything, but when you when you have a dollar figure, and I'm not saying there shouldn't be a commercial harvest because you know everybody deserves to be able to eat a flounder if they want, even if they can't catch it. But all things right. in moderation and distributed equally. Well, what about some exactly. big trout? When when will that start over there? Maybe hoping to get some bigger those big slabs over there. Uh, there's some big ones being caught now by the weight fishermen. Uh, there's not a lot, uh, and you know there's some days where they're catching you know a lot you know a fair amount of we're catching a fair amount of fish, but uh, the big ones you know we're not seeing any seven, eight, nine, ten pounders right now. It's mostly up uh, three to five pounders are the biggest ones, and occasional six. And throw wade fishing on mud flats uh, on days, sunny days when it uh, when the water warms up, and you know you find some bait, you go in and throw in uh, suspending baits like uh, the brokeback corkies have been the best. You know, a lot of the, the fishermen on the east side of the state are jealous of you guys because you got something you can walk on over there. There's very few places yeah. you can walk and wade fish. You know, Chandelier Islands, Grand Isle, you got sand bar, hard sand bottoms. But for the most part, some of the other areas, you ain't getting out of that boat and, and getting back in without going up over to your, to your shoulders in mud, you know. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I don't wade fish. You know, some of my guides do. Uh, I just I always say, if you see me in the water, Look for my boat. That means I fell out of it. So. <laughs> Water's for the fish, huh? That's right. Kirk, if That's somebody wants to get information, if somebody wants information on coming down there and booking a fishing trip and staying there with you guys, you guys are still going to be in full operation while you're going into rebuild mode, correct? Yes, we we are. We we'll we'll, we'll have uh, we have to do some of the rooms. We got to you know re uh, sheetrock some of them and stuff, but. Uh, uh, four on four of our twelve rooms, we have to. So we'll have eight rooms ready to go, you know, every day. So yeah, and uh, we can be reached at uh, toll free Don. It's eight 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 seven six two three three nine one. Our website's hackberryrodandgun.com. 
All right, let's look for a hope for a big year in 2021, and thank you for those reports. I think it'll be good. We We've had a mild winter and not a lot of rain. It, you know, if it stays that way, I look forward to a good uh, winter and spring. Should be good. Thank you, Kirk. And you're welcome, Don. Good talking to you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Rod and Gun, one of our field reporters reporting on the western side of the state. All right, we'll be uh, in the middle part of the state. we got Grand Isle, and Daryl Carpenter is going to update us on what's going on in that area right after we let you listen to some of our sponsors' messages on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. And we get fishing reports from the Grand Isle Golden Medal Leeville era with this guy, Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com. Captain Daryl, we are officially in dead of winter. How's the fishing been down in that area? Well, you know, Don, last time we talked, we had had a, we had a couple of good days on speckled trout because we had that, it got warmer on us and, you know, the wind changed out of the south and the water came up. And that continued. That continued for several days. Those Those calm, foggy mornings that we had, uh, the the speckled trout, I mean, just they got better. Now, just as an example, last time we talked, we were also talking about how plastic was catching three to one to anything else. Well, sure enough, it's like almost like the next day. It's like they were listening to you to us on the radio because <laughs> they they immediately switched to shrimp. <laughs> shrimp was out fishing everything else. So you know you kind of you kind of got to play it by ear and, and just go load it for bear when you go. But um. Uh, but and then, of course, those cold fronts started rolling through. You know, the bad weather started rolling in for the week. And uh, that kind of lowered. That dropped the, the water temperature some. It also dropped the, the level by a lot. We went right back. Those big tide swings we were right back to those low tides. And it kind of put the poo-poo on that for a little while. You know, I mean, there's, there hadn't been a whole lot toward the end of the week. But, you know, I, I suspect today is going to be another one of those banner days. The water's cleaning up a little bit. We're, we're getting a little bit of a south or east wind out of it. It's, it's starting to bring in. It's bringing in higher tide, so we're going to have a much higher tide today. Um, the wind's going to pick up late this afternoon, so I think today's going to probably be a better day. It's going to clean up. Uh, I suspect, you know, Get a little sunshine on it. Wait till a little bit later in the day. Hit those, hit the oyster reefs and all like what we've been fishing. All we've, we've been fishing structure in the middle of bays, uh, oyster reefs, old platforms, that type of stuff. Uh, I suspect today is going to be a nice day once it once it kind of warms up a little bit. I think there's going to be some fish caught today before that front comes through. What later tonight is supposed to come through, and it's probably going to mess it up for a few days. But I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a nice Saturday. It'll be a real good day to get out and catch some fish, slime up the boat. Daryl, when uh, things calm down after those fronts come through and we maybe get a, a couple of days where it's pretty calm, uh, is it worth running to any of the close-in rigs? What can you find out there? Don't the sheepheads stack up this time of the year? And maybe if you right. end up catching release on some bull reds, you can find them out there? Well, that's that's where the sheephead probably still are because while, you know, when we switch to shrimp, you know, we were catching some sheephead, but it's not like what we're accustomed to. So I got to believe they're still offshore out there. Uh, reds, yes. There was, there was what, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, some of the close-in rigs, we were catching actually keeper-sized reds. It wasn't the big bulls. And another, another thing that a lot of people pass up this time of the year, you see it a lot when you go offshore, especially, you know, during the summer and, and early spring. But this time of the year, you get those close-in rigs. If you can get a bait down and let it sit, for just a little while, you, you, I mean, some of those rigs sometimes will stack up on those three and four pound white trout, and you know they're white trout. There's not they're not as prized as our little buddies with our specs on them, but 
man, look, you get your nice three-pound white trout, you can make a heck of a meal out of a box of them. Um, so, yeah, it would be primarily sheephead. And, you know, you can fish them on JKH. You can fish them. I like to fish them under, if you're on a decent-sized platform, I like to put sliding carts on them. That way you can adjust the depth and get it in the middle of the rig. But uh, sheephead, redfish, and then, like I said, a lot of times sitting, if you get it to the bottom and let it sit for just long enough for them to find it, it's loaded with those big white trout. Yep, nothing wrong with those fish whatsoever. Well, Daryl, thank you for the report. We appreciate it. As always, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, we have a listing for you on my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Uh, your website, RealScreamers.com. And if you want to give out that telephone number, tell them how to reach you by phone. Sure, Don, and the phone is starting to ring, but they can pick it up and hit 225-937-6288. All right, want to remind you, send me that info we talked about during the week, too. I need to get that. I got a little bit busy, and it kind of slipped my mind, but I'll get it to you. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. See you next week, buddy. All right, Daryl Carpenter. He's going to be featured on our, one of our Bayou Wild features, uh, giving you some instruction on easy cleaning of sheephead, which is the thing that everybody dreads. Oh, they're, so, they're really not. You'll see that coming up. In fact, we're going to talk to Chris Lacott and give you a full preview of what's coming up in Season 6 of Bayou Wild. That'll be right after the next break. And then we're going to tell you about this guy, John Blick, Jr., he could possibly be the baddest bad boy of all times on this show. Incredible what the crime spree he went on. We'll tell you his story, more fishing reports, more of that stuff you and I love to talk about every Saturday morning. We do it right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, welcome into our number two. Those of you who are Bayou Wild TV fans, got a special treat for you. Chris Lecoq, the award-winning producer, is going to join us to talk about some of the episodes you're going to see in the upcoming season six. And I'm also happy to tell you a lot of you have been missing coming out while we tape the show at our, one of our local restaurants. Well, we are going to be broadcasting and taping at a restaurant in Covington, a new location called Etouffee's. Authentic Cajun cuisine. It's the Kale family from down in Cutoff is bringing some real authentic Cajun cuisine to the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain. We will be there on Mondays at lunchtime, February 8th. They're having their grand opening this coming Monday if you want to stop by there. It's on Highway 190, uh, right adjacent to the GMC dealership, the Rainbow uh, GMC dealership there. And find them and uh, say hello to Brent and Sarah Kale. Uh, Kim is uh, one of the hostess and managers there. Great people. And I got to sample some food. They had a soft opening there yesterday. They'll have the grand opening Monday. And we'll be there the following Monday, February 8th. So plan to come by and talk a little hunting and fishing with us and enjoy some great food. And don't forget to watch Bayou Wild. In fact, Chris LeCox joining us now. He is the award-winning producer of the show. Chris, good morning, and thanks for being with us. And, boy, I tell you what, you worked real hard this fall and winter putting together some great shows. Uh, let our listeners and viewers know what they can expect in Season 6. Yeah, good morning, Don. You know, when I, a few minutes ago when I called in, you had me on hold. The uh, CBS News update was playing, and I heard the last tail end of it, but Every story they talk about was something with coronavirus. And I think what we explored in season six and what we, re- we reiterated in season six is how the outdoors is your escape from everything that went on in 2020. All of the coronavirus pandemic and the, the politics and everything bad that you know of, we figured out, and a lot of other people did, that Mother Nature was the reason why 
outdoorsmen get outside. It's, it's, it's your escape. And I think in season six, we're going to try to reiterate that once again. Yeah, nothing's going to stop getting into the outdoors. I mean, a pandemic, uh, even an Armageddon, the people who are country boys, they'll survive. <laughs> Hunting and fishing is <laughs> the key, and it's it's very healthy activity, and it keeps the family together. It's just probably the most wonderful activity that man has ever experienced. Well, next week uh, on February 4th, the new shows kick off on Thursdays. Tell us what some of the features upcoming are going to be. Yeah, so our premiere episode of the new season – we titled Adventure Out, and kind of what I just um, touched on. We're gonna we take a hodgepodge of trips, a mixed bag of trips, if you want to say, from last year, and we combine them all into one show, and we show you how we we're still able to get outside, safely travel, safely social distance, and um, but get outside and enjoy nature, and how a lot of other people did the same thing. And I know you talked about it on the show, how hunting and fishing interest in sales and license sales was all up last year because of it's the only thing that people could do. You couldn't go to events. You couldn't go to concerts. You couldn't go to your favorite restaurants and sit down and eat. So we we travel from, I say, from Florida to Mississippi to Louisiana to Texas all in one episode, touching on a few little trips here and there. And then our I guess our feature episode was – we take it back to the back to the beginning, and when I say that, I say back to the first episode that we ever did. The location of it was at the Sanctuary Lodge in Mississippi, but instead of hunting big game, we hunted squirrels. So even more back to the beginning, a, a way of hunting that a lot of people learned and started on. But we have a bunch of grown men and Martha, a grown woman, squirrel hunting and showing how much fun it really is. That was a fun feature. Then we got coming up the following week, uh, we got one of the Louisiana legends and also actually the son of a legend and another one who is a legend called Giant Specs and Jigging Sheep. What's that about? Yeah, I think I renamed that one. I renamed the title Whisper. <laughs> but, yeah, we hit the water like Lake with Captain Kenny Krieger and – this time of year is whenever his name always brought up because on January 31st, 1999, which is Super Bowl Sunday, he caught a almost 12-pound speckled trout. When everybody else in the world was worried about watching a football game, he decided he was going fishing instead. And he's got a story to tell about it that he'll tell for the rest of his life and other people will also. So we tell that story. And then we tag team with Blaine Salter of Salter Jigging Pole, and a fishing device that's normally used, a fishing pole that's normally used for small sackalay, small fishing, panfish, sackalay fishing. But on Lake, Lake Ponce Train, we catch sheephead with the Salter's Jigging Pole, and it's somewhat of a wild fishing trip, fighting those three, four, five-pound sheephead on a little small light tackle jigging pole that's made to catch a sack of lay, a pound, pound and a half at the most. And then the next two features will be hunting related. Yeah, and then we'll close out the month with uh, we made a trip early in duck season to central Louisiana, the Catahoula, and we hunted with the swallow, Blake Swallow at Full Stripe at Stringer. 
So we'll talk about that family affair they got going on there. And then we met a guy named Dale Bordelon, who is a market hunter. He does everything like they used to do in the early 1900s, primitive. So when every other hunter today is more technology, Dale Bordelon is going backwards. And we'll feature that. And then we'll have a couple shows in a row from South Dakota. I know everybody's looking forward to South Dakota. So we have a lot in store for the next few weeks. Plus, we'll have some uh, really mouth-watering recipes on each one of those shows, too. So it's it's going to be a great Season 6, and that's just the beginning of it. Uh, there's more features, and we'll talk more about those later. Uh, Chris, thanks for sharing that info with us, and I'm looking forward to a really great Season 6 and want to encourage everybody to make sure they watch it. If they don't find it on one of their local channels, it's always available on YouTube. And when is the first running on YouTube? Which day and time can they find that? It's every Thursday. So our our uh, new airing each week is Thursday night on Cox Sports TV. That's our flagship, I guess you could say. And then it repeats on all of, a handful of other stations, six other broadcast stations in the state. So we wait for that that premiere airing at 7 o'clock on Thursday, and we post it on YouTube at that same time. And then it's on YouTube on demand after that. You can go watch it as many times as you want. But all, we always say the easiest way to keep up with us is social media and Facebook, go and follow our pages and subscribe to get notifications. And every time we have new videos and new pictures, you'll get a, a notification on it. And with a new season starting and new shows airing over the next month, we'll have a lot of content on those pages. That's not just a show. It'll be behind the scenes pictures. It'll be extra stuff. And we'll, we'll throw a lot at you to kind of get you ready for the show that's coming up in any given week. And then we're not going to stop producing for another season. We already got a few things on the schedule over the next few weeks that we'll uh, we'll be filming and putting in the can to to keep up our run of sharing the outdoors with everybody else. All right, sounds good. And for those of you listening out of state, uh, check uh, your local listings for Cox Sports TV. They get us into 17 states, so we may be on a satellite or cable system near you. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day, and I look forward to our fishing trip on Tuesday with you. Absolutely. See you. All right, Chris LeCock, award-winning producer, won Telly Awards for Bayou Wild TV. It's a well, I'm proud of it. It's a great show, and not just because I'm part of it. Uh, check it out and let us know what you think. All right, coming back after this, it's the Born on the Bayou guy. Captain Mike Gallo's got a fishing report. That'll be followed by Captain Eric Mohabarak with his paddler slash peddlers report right after this timeout. And not far from New Orleans, Captain Mike Gallo operates uh, the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge on Salt Bayou. Fishes all around the Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, Biloxi Marsh areas. Reports each week are brought to you by CETO. And for $179 a year, they will bring you fuel when and where you need it. They'll tow you in if that's the way to help you. Jumpstart electrical problems, and what they're really offering is peace of mind. You can get started by calling Captain Chris at 504-301-4545 or sign up online. Go to CTO.com. Captain Mike joins us now, and Captain Mike, we're in uh, winter time and you know, this is kind of the, the slow time of the year as far as saltwater fishing. But, you know, you catch the right days and the right conditions, you can still put together a nice catch. What's been uh, your your experience this week and looking forward into this weekend? Well, you're exactly right, Don. When, when it gets cold and things slow down, that's how you should present your lure when you're fishing. Slow and on the bottom, 
we've had a little cold snap the last couple of days, and today's going to warm up. So maybe by midday, some of those fish have started to migrate into a little shallower water. But I slow down uh, my presentation. I almost fish strictly fluorocarbon when I'm jigging. And uh, a lot of times I will downsize my lure. I have a small set of line cutters on my boat. They're actually like a small pair of scissors. And it's great for cutting three-eighths or maybe a half of an inch off of your plastic. I normally fish I fish a lot of the three-inch matrix shads. And I'll cut those down about three-eighths to a half an inch, use a short shank hook on them, and fish those slow on the bottom. And a lot of times, cutting a little bit off your lure will make a difference. Um, if I'm fishing with friends or clients, I may put two of them with the regular-sized lure and two of them with the downsized lure, and then just monitor and see which one's being more productive and, of course, switch everybody over to that size lure what happens to be working. Uh, I, there were some speckled trout caught in the deeper waters around the Mr. Go this week. Uh, those that fished live shrimp when they were available or even dead shrimp, there was some sheephead and uh, freshwater catfish. My neighbor caught a 30-pound freshwater catfish yesterday right off the dock. Uh, big, huge catfish. So they're just about everywhere. It's a matter of, you know, will you sit long enough in one area? But they like to get in those deep holes, and uh, you fish them on the bottom with the, with the shrimp, and that's the, the best way to go. The bass have been fairly consistent, and we've been catching those along the edge of the grass lines with the same jigs, and it doesn't matter if you downsize or have a small spinner. The bass have been uh, fairly aggressive this week, and that, that'll continue. You know, I don't know if there's a fish that's more willing to take a bigger bait than a bass. You know, per its size, you know, given its size, I mean, speckled trout, sometimes they want little tiny baits. Uh, redfish like a medium something. But a bass, he opens that big old mouth, and whatever he can get in it, he welcomes to it. Yeah, they're certainly not bashful and uh, aggressive. And I heard Robbie Campo saying that they've saved quite a few trips, and that's certainly the case in this neck of the woods as well. Uh, there's been several trips where we caught a handful of redfish or a handful of trout, but a good number of bass. And uh, they're quite tasty, them small marsh bass. They clean up, give you a fillet the same size as a trout. So uh, they cook up really well, put some Louisiana fish fry on them, Little Cajun seasoning, they're ready to go. Yep, and they give you quite a fight. You know, they're acrobatic. They come out the water trying to shake that hook. It's a, a great fighting fish and a great table fish, too. Mike, I love your, your tip about cutting down the lure size, but just got to remind people, cut it from the front end. Don't, don't cut the back end and cut off that action in the tail. <laughs> That's true. You don't want to cut the paddle tail off and take away some of that vibration. Great. Good for correcting me on that. I, I was assuming everybody may have known that, but you're, you're correct. I do cut the funnel. There you go. Mike, uh, thanks for the report. Uh, somebody wants to get you. We got you on my website. Give them your website and that old telephone number. Yeah, we've been booking trips. The phone's been ringing, the email. Anyway, you can find me on DimeTheOutdoorsGuy.com. 
I'm at aaofla.com. We're on Facebook at Angling Adventures. And the old reliable telephone, which is 985-781-7811. All right. Thank you, Mike. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right, Don. We'll see you then. There he goes. Captain Mike Gallo reports brought to you by CETO. Coming back next, we've got Captain Eric Mohabarak. He's got some paddling for your fish to talk about. He's a kayaker right after this. Stroking, paddling, pedaling, the kayaks hitting the water, going after fish. One of those guys is Captain Eric Mohabarak, and he's been hanging out at Massey's, who sponsors this report in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. And if you would, Eric, tell us what's new going on over at Massey's. Oh, man, they got all kinds of stuff. They done piled the store up to where it's almost flowing out the door. They uh, just got their big shipment of uh, Hobies in, the new Hobies, uh, 2021s. And uh, they got everything from the Pro Angler 360, which is the Rolls-Royce, the Cadillacs, all the way down to the beginner's kayak, uh, that Hobie Passport, which is really a good price on that boat. You get to pedal drive and everything comes with it. You know, for 1300 bucks, it's, it's really a great starter boat. It's also a very lightweight boat for the smaller people or ladies who want to go fishing or something, you know, that don't want to handle a big, heavy Pro Anglers or something like that. Um, other than that, they got a... Uh, they got they got a new program too that uh Hobie started. Uh, and it's not just with Massey's, I believe it's with the other dealers also, to where you order the like if you have something break on your boat or something, or you need a part or you want some accessories or something, you order it from the Hobie website and you can pick it up at the closest dealer near you. And you know, Massey's has got three locations in North Shore, Baton Rouge and uh in New Orleans, and uh, it makes it really easy to access that stuff where you can pick up the, uh, the parts or, or the accessories that you want if you want to get some new wheels, a life preserver, or something like that. So that's really something that's, that's really good, make it a little bit easier because they've been having a lot of trouble uh, with distribution during the COVID, as every other company has in the United States also. Um, and then, uh, let's see, we got a got some demo days coming up. Um, they're going to they be kicking off on uh, March 6th, and and then there'll be the first week, first Saturday of every month throughout the year after that. Um, and that's where you can try, you know, any kayak you want, Don, uh, you know, your Hobies. Uh, they do have some Jacksons and stuff like that. And if there's a specific model that you wanted to try, and, and uh, you, you could call one of the stores and uh, make sure that they have that boat that you want to try. Like if you wanted to try the Passport or the Outback or something like that. Uh, you know, you just call a store and one of the managers will put you down on the list and make sure they have that boat there for you so you can try it out. And uh, a lot of demo the demo days take place right out in front of the Deutsches House on Bayou St. John. So it's kind of a cool, cool little setup, you know, where you can try the kayaks, get something to eat and drink later. And then uh, let's see what else they got going on. Oh, they got, oh here we go. Here's a good one, Don. You're going to like this. Um they got uh, the friends of Bayou St. John and some of the Massey's team members, uh, but the, the friends of the Bayou St. John uh, are responsible for this. Uh, they, they're going to be setting up some, uh, sinking some Christmas trees in Bayou St. John, and I don't know how many, but I know it's a lot. And uh, they're making a habitat for the fish in Bayou St. John, and that's in conjunction with the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. 
So that's really something good. And I think that's going to be, I think that's on February 6th also, Saturday. Well, not March 6th, but February 6th. Uh, that's Saturday. So if you want to go out and maybe offer your time or see what's going on out there and where they're putting them, it's supposed to be in the Maribu, Maribu area of Bayou St. John. They're going to be building that fish habitat. So that's going to be really good for the bass fishing and perch jerking and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of looking forward to actually doing that. And hopefully one day we'll have our city park tournament back again. That'd, that'd be a great thing. Yeah, I can tell you what that sink in the trees does firsthand. Uh, I fish with the king of the tick fall. And uh, I'll tell you what, you put that structure. If you if you build it, they will come. That's going to be a big plus for Bayou St. John. Uh, tell me about this Bayou Outcast Fishing. they got some outlaw tournaments coming up. What's that about? Yeah, yeah. A long time ago, uh, when the club first started out, we have uh, regular tournaments. Uh, a friend of ours, Gary Wilkerson, started something called the Outcast Tournaments now. You know, he's passed it on down to the younger guys, and they're taking it over. And uh, what they're doing is one of our outcast tournaments. Uh, Dan Randell is running it. Uh, you'll see all of that on the outcast uh, Facebook group page. Uh, they're doing a month-long sheephead tournament, and it's a catch photo and release. Uh, the entry fee is $10, uh, and it's five fish. you got to catch five biggest sheephead for the month. Um, if you want some more skin in the game, they got a Calcutta on, on the side bet for 25 So you can put a little bit more money into it, win a little bit more money, and uh, see who's the best. But it should be pretty interesting to see uh, who comes up with what, you know, because it's a statewide tournament. It's not just uh, held to one area. So that should be interesting to see what part of the state produces the biggest uh, sheephead. You know, and I, I'm I really glad. It's be a, yeah, I'm really glad to see that that fish is finally getting some respect. They're starting to have tournaments now for sheephead. That's a big change, and uh, they'd be congratulated for that. Uh, when we get a little closer yeah. to it, we'll talk about that double-day duel that's going to be coming up in March. But I, I did yeah. want you to cover the results because a lot of people are wondering about that minimalist challenge last week. How did that turn out? Well, it turned out good. I think they had 120, 130 anglers join up, and out of the – 130 people they uh you know and this is all done photo catch and release so there's no weigh-ins uh let's just make that clear so the covid they're following the covid safety rules um uh, first place was uh breck hotard and then uh he he won with uh five five trout and, and two reds and then uh second was uh rob burkhart and third is a name that uh and Doing a lot since he won, won Rod the Bull that year. Uh, Brock Miller, he's he's no more no more the kid that won won uh, won the, uh, the, the 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 Rod the Bull. He's really a good fisherman, really good guy. He took third place, but uh, those were uh, some tough conditions for them to uh, pull out them fish. Uh, a lot of people got skunked. Uh, seemed as if Golden Meadow was the popular area for people to fish. Um, which I would have expect, expected myself. That's where I would have went on that day with the rain and the wind to get out to whatever I could on that miserable day that they fished. Yeah, but, um, yeah. well, those guys like are to be congratulated. Time. Yeah, they're to be congratulated yeah. for the job they did. All right, a couple things. Uh, this new uh, facility at Port Sulphur, you got to be real familiar with it. They built the fishing pier, and they got a little bit of a launch. Is that going to be a plus for the kayak fishermen? Is that launch a, a good place to slide a kayak in? Well, we've been using that launch for years and years, and I've been using it even before kayak fishing was popular to throw my pirog and my boats in right there. And uh, many people have. It's literally right behind the school. school. 
um, over the levee. And when you park, make sure you park on the river side of the levee. Don't block up the launch and stuff because people, you know, need to launch some of their boats and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be really awesome. There is a lot of fish there, especially during the wintertime. I've caught in that bay right there where this pier is, I've caught everything, flounder, trout, and redfish, sheephead. It's, uh, it is handicap accessible with the ramp. Um, they, and, it, you know, it's a great place that you'll be able to take some kids and some shrimp and just catch some fish. They may not be giants. Some of them may be. Some of them may not, but it'll keep them busy and everything. And uh, the only thing I ask is, man, if y'all see some trash, pick it up. Let's keep this yeah, place nice right. over there. Exactly. You know, I was getting ready really to say really awesome. Yes, you know? indeed. It's a beautiful but, uh, facility. I got a picture of it on my Facebook page if people want to get a look at it. All right, before you go, bass, uh, this is a time of the year, springtime. They're getting ready to spawn. Give us some spots for kayak fishermen to go catch some green trout or bass, as they call Oh, boy, they got a bunch of them. <laughs> um, you know, you got Des Almonds. You got the Spillway. You got uh, Barney Carey Spillway. You got the Chafalaya Spillway. You got uh, Pearl River on the other side. Boca Chitta, um, Highway 51. Um, I like fishing Irish Bayou. That That's a good spot. Um, in Chalmette, around Robbie and them's, and then the other marina down that way. Uh, it's just the time of year that they really bite. Uh, I try, and, and this time of year, I'm trying to target bigger fish. So I'm going to fish like Des Almonds and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and I kind of put a little time in because I, I don't get to bass fish that often. But um, let me keep you a little simple. If you're fishing somewhere where there's uh, salt water, use something that you'll, you'll get you'll get other species of fish. Like I like to use, like if I'm fishing Delacroix, uh, I'd use a chartreuse uh, uh, beetle spin, a uh, quarter ounce, with a silver blade, number four. Or I'd put a, a matrix uh, black and green on it and, and use that also. And, uh, you know, that way I can use, I can catch a redfish and a bass. Um, also, some jerk baits uh, you can use because a bass, a redfish, and a, and a, and a, and a uh, trout would hit that. Um, and creature baits, of course, you know, you eat some crawfish or something, or the bass going to eat it and the redfish going to eat it. But, you know, just uh, fishy grass lines, uh, breaks in the grass, points, stuff like that, where bayous converge. Um, that seems to be what's working best for, for me when I go. Uh, but, you know, you'll, you'll catch a pile of fish, and that way you get a mixed bag in the end, too, you know. Yeah, just remind everybody, 10 fish is the limit on bass, and yeah. uh, in some areas it's even tighter than that. Check the regulation, but for the most part, it's no size limit, uh, creel limit of 10 per person. Eric, thanks so much for right. the report. Uh, give them your contact information. Somebody wants to get a hold of you because you're the kayak company guy. You take people out on trips. Yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, uh, the Louisiana Kayak Company. Um, you can also find me on your website, Don Dubuque, the Outdoors Guys. Or the best way to contact me is 504-313-8292. All right, if you see him on the water, tell him hello. There he goes, sliding his kayak into the bayou. Thank you, Eric. We'll see you next time. Brother. All right, Don, y'all have a great day. Bye. All right, coming back after this, it's bad boy time. One of the worst cases of outdoor crime I've ever seen. Back with his story after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 
All right, checking our text message board, we got a good morning from our friends at the Convent Hunting Club. When most hunters are putting away their guns and gear, they got four more weeks of hunting. The dogs are loaded. They're headed through the woods. The early bird gets the worm. In this case, it's a rabbit. Good luck to all. What a beautiful day for a rabbit hunt. Uh, the New Orleans fly fishers are checking in. They've got a fly fishing 101 class going on today at a public library in River Ridge, 5800 block of Jefferson Highway. Uh, the mask and social distancing apply. Uh, we're hearing from the mad trucker. Oh, we got a correction on that address. It's 8800 Jefferson Highway for the fly fishing. All right, we're going to pause just 10 seconds for a quick ID. We come back and I tell you John Blick's story, one of the worst, the baddest of the bad boys we've ever had in the history of this show. But first, our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, a multi-year investigation by the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism has resulted in the conviction and sentencing of a Sharon, Kansas man by the name of John Blick, Jr. for 139, nope, you heard me right, I didn't miscount, 139 counts involving illegal hunting and poaching of 60, 6-0 white-tailed deer and mule deer plus being a felon in possession of a firearm, doing the crimes of hunting with the aid of a motor vehicle, criminal discharge of a firearm, failure to tag deer, exceeding deer bag limits, hunting with artificial light without licenses, and the illegal take of three trophy deer. All the equipment seized, including multiple bows and firearms, will be forfeited to the state of Kansas, Several shoulder mounts and dozens of European skull mounts will be destroyed by the state. For the 139 counts, sentenced to five years loss of hunting privileges, 14 months in prison, followed by 12 months of post-release supervision, and criminal fines and civil restitution in the amount of $342,641, is 28-year-old John Blick, Jr., the scourge of Sharon, Kansas, and our bad boy of the outdoors. Whew! I hope he's got a good job when he gets out to pay that back. He's lucky. It could have gave him 20 years in jail for the possession of a firearm by a felon. Bad boy, real bad. All right, coming back after this, Ryan Lambert joins us. We're going to get you a fishing report from the Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge sitting right there behind the palm trees on Highway 23 in Plaquemines Parish. His report is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, except for a youth and veterans-only hunting days, which I'll be participating in, and I guess you can figure out which one I'm qualified for, (laughs) certainly not the youth, Uh, duck hunting is pretty much over with. It's come and gone, and we check in with the plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. And, Ryan, if you would, kind of give us an overview of how the season was for you guys down there. i got to think it wasn't the greatest, but I think given what we were faced with going into it with all the storms and everything else, it wasn't that bad. I tell you what, it was surprisingly successful. We killed right at 3,600, which is, you know, it's far out of seat of my expectations with seven tile surges. We did great early, uh, lots lots and lots of pintails. We didn't have too much teal at all. You know, early we had pintails, ringnecks, lots of widgeons, more widgeons than I've seen in years. And then the widgeons kind of disappeared, and, and then the canvasbacks and redheads started. 
and the pintails kept going real, real strong, you know, throughout the second split. And then when we hit that full moon and negative tides, boom, they disappeared. They went to North Louisiana and toward the west, and then the gadwalls came. So we had gadwalls and, and lots of canvas backs then. So we finished the season. I think we killed 62 the last day, and uh, it, you know, it was just it was a good season. We had two really bad weeks because you get those negative tides. And if there's no water in the marsh, the ducks aren't coming. They'll go out in Black Bay and they'll just sit 10 miles offshore. And everybody says, oh, the ducks have disappeared. Well, not really. You know, they'll come in at night and feed. You know, they just can't walk around on the mud and eat. That's just not what they do. You know, they do. Right. <laughs> I guess if you got corn fields, you know, like up in Canada and pea fields, you know, they'll come and walk around and eat. But here they don't. You know, when that water's low, they, they know that they can't get there and dabble for, you know, in duck potatoes is what saved us. I mean, those duck potatoes, you know, the salt water killed them in those storm surges, but they eat the root. The potatoes are under the mud, and every one of the claws of those canvas backs and pintails are just full of duck potatoes. And that's what saved my season. And, you know, that's the first thing that emerges on new land when, when land is growing. And we were covered in duck potatoes earlier the year before the surges. And uh, that's what saved our season. The ducks stayed in our area, and we were very successful. I, I was... <laughs> I wasn't even pushing the duck season because I, I just knew we couldn't kill ducks, and here we always just whacked them. So it was a good season. Well, that's great. Well, you know, you guys are getting some rest, the boys and the dogs, and putting everything away. It's time to talk some fishing. Uh, what can you tell us for the outlook for this week on the fishing scene? Well, we we got six boats out today, and um, right now we've got a, a 738 negative seven tides. So, the, you know, you catch them right when the tide's going to finish falling. And then you're going to have to wait till 11, 12 o'clock for the good bite to come again when that tide starts coming in. So we just have to, you know, fish and wait it out, pick on them. Unless unless they just can limit out early, they'll just have to pick on them until the tide comes up. And then the seedling will get real good. But you know what today's good for? Socklet fishing. You know, you got a front coming tonight and tomorrow. You got overcast, some south winds. Today is the day to fish the socklet, my buddy. You can whack them. Yeah, today. I got a. I got Frank listening to us up in Laurel, Mississippi. That's what he's talking about. White, white perch time in central Mississippi. Yeah, this is the time of the year for it. Well, if you can oh, find yeah, a sockele hole, it's great stuff to get out there and do it. Well, look, I will see you tomorrow in the with last day of last weekend for woodcock hunting, and we'll get a few shots in and get us some woodcock, and then we'll you know concentrate more on the fishing for the coming months. <laughs> hey, we still got to get a rabbit hunt somewhere, too. So yeah, and squirrel. We still there. got a month of that to go. <laughs> Sounds yeah, good to and me. And then I'll go to Noliasi for, for on the 7th of February. I'll go get one more hunt there. And then it's time to break out that fly rod and get after those big girls. You know, it's time to go and start catching redfish on the fly. And then in the evening with the incoming tide, the trout will be real good because as that water warms up a little bit and the, that tide comes high in the evening because we'll have less negative tides, we'll be able to really whack some nice speckled trout coming shortly. Hey, look, I told the girls on the shooting team I'm putting them on a strict uh, diet for training, uh, whiskey and hardtack from now until February. They didn't like that too much, but, you know. No, you can't say diet to a girl. Man, I got five sisters, three daughters, a wife, so. and a female dog. You say diet, you get beat up. Uh, well, I got, I'm, I've grew up, I'm living with them, too. I know what you're talking about. All right, Ryan, we'll see you next, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, and then we'll talk to you on the air next week, my friend. Have a good one. All right, my friend. See you. All right, Captain Ryan Lambert, CajunFishingAdventures.com. You'll find him there. All right, when I come back after this, oh, it's time to wrap it up. 
Maybe got a time uh, to get a, another text or so in. If I didn't get to your text, I apologize. Only so much time to get all this stuff we love talking about in. Back to wrap it up right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, a couple of text messages coming in. Uh, Trucker Life, pass through. Listen to the best show on radio, Jeff Laborde, even in Alabama. Well, thank you for that, Jeff. We appreciate it. Uh, here's a question uh, from, I believe this is from an Alabama listener. Why is Kansas going to destroy those mounts? Makes no sense. Put on display somewhere. What they're referring to there is our bad boy, John Blick Jr., whose picture you can see on my Facebook page and on my website if you want to get a look at this guy. Uh, over $342,000 in fine. He's going to prison uh, for just 139 counts. Took 60 whitetail and mule deer illegally. I don't know why they do that, uh, but according, I looked it up, their statute 32-1047 calls for destroying any illegally gained mounts, whether it be a shoulder mount or those European skull mounts, they are to be destroyed. I guess that's to say they really were taken uh, not in accordance with the law in a legal fashion, so... The, the trophy doesn't exist as a trophy. I don't know. Maybe uh, somebody listening to us in Kansas, can you enlighten us as to why they would destroy confiscated mounts? As the listener said, they probably could put them on display somewhere, use them as, you know, and go on taking them around the schools and for showing for kids and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to find out from the state of Kansas. Well, look, it's t- it's over. Can you believe it? Yeah, Reed Alleman's uh, singing our outgoing song, so we'll see you again next week right back here. Same place you listen to us on, whichever station you listen to us on, or maybe on radio.com. Don't forget you can get the replays. Go to my webpage, dontheoutdoorsguy.com. If you want to send me an email with some pictures or information, just use the contact button there. And I'll see you again next week right back here at St. Hubert's Cathedral for the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.